KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. Every game day, I'm nervous. That just doesn't go away. You know, like it's still part of my in my blood to like want to win every single game. And it's just nothing quite like the game day feeling. And when you're playing again, I guess, especially after we didn't have the 2020 season, it actually felt extremely great this year. And our guest this week is Holy Family University head women's soccer coach, Jill Rees. And Jill, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me on, Matt. So let's talk a little bit about how was the fall for you? I mean, record aside, as we're recording this, we're in a huge uh, COVID spike with games, basketball, wrestling, all getting canceled all over the place. Uh, But you guys were able to get a fall in pretty close to normal? Yeah, it was um, actually really normal. Um, It was enjoyable, you know, like it was definitely uh, a little different to be back into a full schedule after like you know we came into it thinking oh we're so happy to be back and then like looking back it was like it was actually pretty exhausting to you know go back into the swing of six days a week and on the road recruiting at the same time you're juggling practices and games and stuff like that so it was like a whirlwind but it was it was fun so let's talk a little bit about your journey in soccer uh growing up was soccer always your number one sport or were you uh whatever was in season kid or whatever was going on in the neighborhood type of kid? I was a whatever what was in season pretty much. And then, you know, I did start zeroing in the later years of like my teen or not my teens, my like, you know, grade school days and high school and just, you know, playing AAU basketball and playing club soccer too, along with high school. But um, for the most part, you know, like I did whatever the season was softball um soccer basketball softball you know but did i see your dad was a soccer player so was that uh, a track for you yes i mean the neighborhood i grew up in was snowming well the playground i played for moss it didn't um have soccer so i had to go out of our neighborhood and you know i started it with snowming and i don't think there was anyone else from my time at my like parish school or the neighborhood that, you know, also played soccer. So there wasn't much to build a team on. So I did go outside the area, but um, it was pretty, it was like early on where I knew like I wanted to play soccer because I come from, you know, my dad played at Colonel Doherty with a lot of my uncles. So it was always like sitting on the sideline at his games and, you know, he played into I'd say his mid thirties. I don't know. It was a long time ago, but you know, we were always on the sideline and watching them play. So it was instilled pretty early. What was it about soccer other than kind of, for lack of a better term, the awe of watching dad play, what was it about the game that you really enjoyed? Um, I love the creativity of it, you know, like softball was pretty much, you know, like make the play, get the out, get the hit, you know what you were doing. Um, basketball, it was always plays were run. Soccer came down to like having the freedom to, you know, use your own creativity and your teammates to help you with like, you know, finding different, you know, seams. And you kind of were, you could be as coached as you want from the sideline. But once you got into a game, like it was like, 
all right, it's, this is on us now, you know, like with, with help from coaches, but soccer is more of a, I'd say a little bit of a free for all with a plan, a game plan, but with no set actual plays, if that makes sense. So you obviously <laughs> enjoy it. Is there a moment when you start to realize you're good at it? Like growing up, like you start to realize you're getting picked first or they want to make sure that you're available for a game. Like, do you ever, was there a, an aha moment or was it just kind of, this is normal, this is life and I'm just playing soccer? Um, I mean, I kind of looking back, I had an idea that I was pretty good. Um, and I think I was just like the wild card kid that came from a different neighborhood that kind of came onto a, a team. But what is funny is that I didn't really appreciate soccer in the heat or the coldness. So I actually stopped playing for a bit and didn't start picking it back up to almost like eighth grade. So I had like a big break where a lot of people kept going. And then, you know, I got into high school and just fell in love with it all over again, playing um, at Little Flower with my teammates. And, you know, winning is fun. So that probably helped because we were pretty good and, you know, we just always had a lot of fun. So it made me want to be there and, you know, just keep going with it into college. You were a fullback, correct? No, I was actually center mid um, okay. for most of my life until my senior year of college. And my coach, you know, during preseason just said, you know, I, I need to take a look at another player in a different role. And, you know, can you just go play center back for, you know, this scrimmage? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I, I didn't mind. And I unfortunately fell in love with it on the last year of my like career. And I absolutely he he, you know, brought me off the field. He's like, how'd you like it? And I'm like, and I knew he had a look on his face. I'm like, I actually really, really enjoyed it. And he was like, yeah, well, you're really good at it. Like you're a natural. And it's, he's like, I didn't think you had it in you, but, and I, you know, loved it. I loved playing my senior year of college. Everyone's like, you're, you're not in your position. I'm like, I love this position. Like, so sometimes like you're just put into like positions your whole life without taking, you know, risks or just like an opportunity to say, Hey, let me go play a different role for a little bit. And you just turn out that it turns out that you enjoy it, you know, and you're good at it. And for whatever reason, like, I just kind of wish it happened sooner because I did truly enjoy it. But what was it that you enjoyed so much as opposed to your previous position? I think looking back at almost, you know, like, center mids are head their heads need to be on a swivel they're constant they're in the middle they're they're one way they got people coming from all over you know and they they're the playmakers but when i moved back i i i had like a couple seconds more to see plays developing and help the center mids you know so i was pretty vocal i read the game from as if i was still a center mid but like in i was it was almost like setting me up to like be on a sideline to see the plays. Cause you have more time like center mids or they don't have the time. They always need the help from their teammates to like, you know, where you're know where you're going or, you know, listen to your teammates, tell you where people are coming from like defenders. But when I, when I took a step back into the defensive role, it's, it's very similar to center mid, um, but you have a little bit more time. And I really enjoyed being able to like help the center mids create the plays up top. You know, I would never was like the player to like 
shoot after, you know, shoot the ball. Like they're like, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I will when I feel like it's right. But if I see a better opportunity for a pass, then I was that person after like, you know, years of my parents saying, shoot the ball, years of coaches saying, shoot the ball. I just, you know, I was like the one more pass type player where that's kind of, it helped me to, to like transition into a center back, you know? How would you describe yourself as a player? At your best, if you were scouting yourself, how would you have put together that scouting report? Um, well, I was like, again, um, I was a lefty, so uh, I was definitely like I stuck out on the field a little bit more when I did get those shots off because they're not expecting it from, you know, a left footed person. But um, I, you know, I was a Northeast Philly Catholic League girl. Like I was gritty. Um I battled, uh, we worked hard, you know, we weren't the type of like technical players because most of us all kind of juggled three sports, you know, um, but once I got to college, I realized like that was part major part of the game. And I focused a lot on that too, to help me in my center mid and center back roles. But, you know, like I wasn't flashy, but I could read a game. I could find them forwards and be on the back end of their goals like it was a lot of fun and I mean maybe it's just me I know there's other people that are like me but it was it's just as fun you know producing a beautiful assist as it is scoring a beautiful goal we've talked a little bit about in general your college career you went to Kutztown was was that were they always the leaders in the clubhouse when it came to recruiting and picking where you want to go why'd you choose Kutztown um, I knew I wanted to go away. I wasn't exactly sure where. I just knew I didn't want to be in the city because I, you know, I grew up in the city. I went to Little Flower. So I knew I wanted a change of pace, a change of lifestyle a little bit. And I wanted to major in education. They were, you know, great. They have a great education program up there still. Um, at the time, my cousin was an assistant coach there as well. And he just kept saying, I never even heard of it, you know, like he just kept saying, you know, Kutztown, Kutztown, Kutztown. So I went and visited it and I went up there for a visit and stayed overnight. And I'd say like not half the team, but like maybe seven were from the Catholic League, too. And I'm like, oh, these Ryan girls would, you know, like you're going into it. You're like you have that feeling still in you from the season playing them and you get there and they're like, oh, we remember you like you're a pain on the field, but you know, and then like it's over and we, I mean, I decided to go there and before camp was over, you have, you know, the enemies and foes from the Catholic league that you're playing with are now your teammates and your best friends from before school even starts. How was the transition from high school to college, just as far as getting used to the, to the game, to kind of, all your focus from an athletic standpoint, being on soccer, uh, what were the adjustments you had to make, if any? Um, it was definitely more physical. Um, you got away with a lot of more pushing and, you know, like being a little bit more, you know, physical in the actual style of play. Um, I remember, you know, my coach asking me after freshman year, like, How, what did you think? And I'm like, it was definitely more physical. I came away like, with bruises and bumps that, you know, I didn't 
even know happened in the game. I mean, you guess, I guess I just adapted to them pretty quickly. But, you know, the speed of play was definitely a bit faster. Um, the PSAC is always has been as long as I've been in college, like extremely strong and competitive. And when I started there, like we weren't very good, you know, like we were slowly growing each year. We got a little bit better. Um, by the time I left, we were nationally ranked. We made the NCAA tournament. So it was like a lot of fun. I mean, it was actually a hard transition being like one of winning constantly at little flower and going to the playoffs, you know, and competing and then going to a team that was like in rebuilding years. So that was a bit hard at times and losing because I wasn't really too used to it. But, you know, by the end, when we kind of like look back and saw like, wow, like we just brought Kutztown to a different level before we left, like it was actually kind of like amazing to look back and see because the first few years were pretty challenging. Do you remember a moment when you realized that you guys had turned the corner? Like, was there an upset or even maybe just a practice or a meeting or a bus ride where it just all of a sudden it just felt different? Um, I mean, there were games that we start, there were teams that we started to compete with more um, that, you know, like Westchester, Bloomsburg was always a powerhouse back then, East Stroudsburg. Um, by junior year, we were either competing and only losing by one goal or tying or winning. And then, you know, the next year was like, okay, now we got a win out of, you know, East Stroudsburg. I can't exactly remember who, or actually I do remember one pretty, pretty vividly. It was uh, Bloomsburg and it was a pretty amazing ending, like scoring with, you know, a couple seconds left to beat them, but they were the national champs previously within like, I think the four years that I was playing. So to see the growth from where we were when they were the national champs to catching up to them and beating them was really fun. Now you were team MVP your senior year. Am I correct? I was. What is that? What did that mean to you at the time? And has the meaning of it grown more as you've gotten into coaching just to to, to be honored like that? It, um, it did mean a lot because I remember it was voted on from our teammate, my own teammate. So it wasn't like coming down from the coaching staff. So, I mean, like what defensive back usually turns out to be the MVP is it's pretty rare. Um, I think the connection with the team that year and the building and, you know, like, Almost being like, you know, being one of the oldest on the team that year, being a captain, like it was almost like you turn into like a caretaker role and a molder. And like I knew with the players that the coach was bringing in that they were going to continue on to be great. So I was, you know, vocally trying to help them out as much as possible in practices or in games. Like, listen, this is what I see, which I kind of saw a lot of things differently or maybe in like a little bit more from being a center mid to going to center back. And they're like, Oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, you know, like, and I, and it helps me now coaching wise, like I can read a team. It takes me, you know, the first couple minutes of the game to read them. This was prior to having videos to be able to go and watch teams, like play games previous to previously to ours. Like I could break teams down pretty quickly and, you know, 
be able to figure out what they're trying to do to us and then how to go on and help on help my team and my players, um, you know, break the other teams down and be successful. When, at what point does coaching enter the equation for you? Is it something you kind of always had in the back of your head that I think it's, I would love to coach it in some way once I'm done playing or was it college is done? I still need the game in my life and this is a way to pursue it. I didn't really think about coaching in college, I guess, to be honest. Um, I definitely knew like, oh, you know, like go back to the neighborhood and, you know, help out and give back to the, you know, teams and the clubs and the organizations that like gave me great experiences. Um, but I, you know, I stayed at Kutztown for a fifth year and my coach asked me to be his assistant. And I, I think I learned more things tactically and, you know, like how to run teams and how to deal with managing 25 to 30, you know, personalities on any given day and throughout a season that I just standing next to him and learning in even the short amount of time of what more I was able to absorb from him before I finished up was like made me re, re not re fall in love, but fall in love even more where I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. How tough was it? This is something I, I asked coaches when they're young and transitioning from that player to that coach role that year at fifth year at Kutztown, you're an assistant, but I'm guessing your, your, you were players. A lot of the players on the roster were your teammates a matter of months earlier. Was it difficult putting up that barrier that now you're a coach and in an authority, whereas, you know, four months earlier you were one of them. Was that difficult at all or not really? Uh, I honestly didn't think it was difficult at all. Um, you know, we're, we had like a great relationship within like my teammates. When I finished, we had a very family like atmosphere and, you know, I think they were excited when I, it was announced that I was going to come back and help out. And, you know, like it kind of just, it took me off the field, but it also like nothing changed as far as like how I helped them, you know, with the game and like talking to them all along and, you know, like pulling them aside and, you know, just like I would, if I was a player, except unfortunately I had to be on the sideline because I ran out of eligibility, but I thought it was pretty easy and they respect it me even though I was their friend their teammate from less than a year ago their roommate you know like we had a really good relationship and again like it probably helps that we were winning and doing really well but um they also were a very mature group and understood like just because I graduated or moved on from the team doesn't mean like that I stopped knowing what I was talking about, you know? So I think they still respected me because of my soccer IQ. Time for a break on one-on-one. -on -one. We will have more with Holy Family University head women's soccer coach, Jill Reeves, right after this. And we are back. Our guest on one-on-one -on -one this week is Jill Reeves, Holy Family University head women's soccer coach. 
So you're a year helping out at Kutztown, and then you come to Holy Family in, in 2004 as an assistant. Uh, talk a little bit about the what was the opening at Holy Family? How did it come together? Were you sold right away? You know, kind of take me back in time to what uh, I guess looking back now is a pretty big decision in your life. It, to be honest, it was because I was, you know, coming out of college and trying to get my um, career in, you know, going and, you know, like figuring out if, if this is truly what I wanted to do, but, you know, coming back to Holy family, it was only 15 minutes from my house. Um, and the easy part was, you know, like one of my teammates from Kutztown, one of my teammates from little flower, who I also played with at Kutztown, who decided she wasn't being away, wasn't for her. So she transferred to Holy family. Um, I was coming home. We were still, you know, in touch. And she was like, uh, Biddle took over the head coaching job. He needs assistance. Are you interested? And I was like, absolutely. And I had already had a, um, you know, a connection with him because his wife coached me in softball a few, like growing up. So um, it was pretty, it was actually a pretty easy decision for me, you know, being a part of that staff. What was the the decisions easy? What's the the transition like kind of settling in? I mean, obviously you mentioned 15 minutes from home, so there's not necessarily the social change when you pick up and a lot of times you get when you get a new job. But, uh, you know, what was it like just getting a new program, you know, new way things are done? What was it like? It was definitely um, a change of pace um, in – in a good way, in a bad way, like they were very good too. Um, they were coming off a lot of success and um, they were part of the NAIA and then they trans transitioned over to NCAA uh, division two. So um, they were really, really successful um, winning championships and stuff. So like that was like a first for me coming here because we never got to win a championship at Kutztown. Um, but being only a year, like maybe a year or two older than the seniors, I felt like a disconnect almost for a little bit. And then, you know, a few years in, it kind of, with the age separation, they kind of, you know, it started to gel a little bit better for everyone and for myself. What was the biggest thing you had to learn at this point when you're an assistant? You know, what was the, I mean, you mentioned you, you learned stuff at Kutztown but now you're kind of coming into a new program that you didn't play at. What was the biggest lesson you had to learn in your early days at an assistant at Holy Family? Um, you know, it was it like I said, it was adjusting to being very close in age to people who didn't play with me and didn't like, not that they didn't respect me because they did, but they weren't as confident. They didn't know I knew what I knew because of playing, you know, how my teammates at Kutztown, they already just knew, you know, they mm -hmm. like tried to listen to everything I said and, you know, ask me for advice, like the adjustment for Holy Family and the program, it was, you know, it was just mainly that was probably the hardest part is, you know, getting them to believe, you know, and trust in me that I knew what I was doing. And, um, you know, sometimes the age, the lack of age gap was, you know, lingered on a few years, but I also felt like 
I was able to connect the staff with the team because of that too. So it's like a blessing and a curse a bit to say when you're like a young coach um, and, you know, you have to set boundaries and it's hard when, you know, you're all local, they're all local as well. And you run into them out somewhere and you're like, okay, see you later, you know, like, <laughs> hi, bye bye. <laughs> you know, like putting up them walls where, you know, you don't want to cross any boundaries. So I'm curious, you talked earlier when we talked about you, you know, falling in love with soccer, how you're, when you're a player, you're kind of out there and yeah, there's a game plan, but it's on, I'm curious, was it difficult to let go of the control once you start coaching? Like you can drill, you can talk, you can tell it, but they're the ones out there doing it. Was it hard to get used to, there's only so much you can do you're not going over the over the sideline to to do it. Uh, how tough was that to get used to as a coach? I'd say that was pretty tough too. Um, I think once you know, as an assistant, it's more of like you're one on one with certain players that you want to try and like you know help them out with something you may have seen in the first half, but in as a head coach, like you're addressing everyone as a whole. I mean, there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one time, but like not like an assistant can like grab your ear and help you out real quick on like a turn or just, you know, positioning, which little tiny details always matter and, you know, make up some time for you to, you know, advance past a player that you're trying to beat. So like those are the little things as a, an assistant that, you know, you can help them out with. And then as a head coach, it's more of a general um, announcement that you kind of go with as you're coaching them at practices and at halftime to make adjustments. But um, giving up the power of playing, I guess that's hard for everyone because um, you don't want to end, especially when you feel like, you know, our success came late in my college career. So I, 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 I would have played four more years if, I was allowed, you know, like, or as long as my body would let me, but, um, you can't, and you have to transition. And I guess I didn't really like look back at it until right now, but you know, I don't, I don't think it was as hard as you think it is. I mean, yes, you want to play, but giving up that power wasn't as bad because, you know, when you have them in meetings and on the field and you're running through practices and, talking to them about, you know, your style of play, like they get it, you know, like, as we say, we give them the power to be creative and do whatever they want on the field. And they kind of have a, they have a good idea of what would work for them. So when they find themselves being successful, they, you know, it, it kind of is them embracing our style. So, I mean, we still have a little bit of power, but not like, not that feeling that you get when you step out on the field as a player, you know? So you're an assistant at Holy Family for several years, I think 04 through 11, if I'm correct, seven, eight years. I think anybody's at a coach, there's a party that always feels like you're ready to have your own program. Uh, but I think there's a difference between that and kind of maybe the honest talk you have with yourself, like, yeah, I really feel like I'm ready. I understand what goes into this. Do you remember at a certain point really starting to feel like, I can do this from a head coaching standpoint. I, I feel like it's getting close to my time. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, you know, 
I'd say probably like five or six years in that, like, I really started to think about wanting to be a head coach. You know, it was like back and forth about it, but it was also like trying to fit it in. At the, it has to kind of almost be like a perfect situation for you because you're not a full-time coach, like a head coach. And so you have to juggle your full-time job as well. And at the time I was working for a pharmaceutical company. So it was, it was actually a little bit harder for that, doing that and being an assistant coach. Um, and, you know, once the time, the, the head coach, you know, he stepped down and it opened up and I was like, I, I mean, this is what I've wanted to do for the last few years now. Like it's a no brainer. I just apply. If I don't get it, I don't get it. But you know, I, I was up against a couple of really good people in the area that I heard about after the fact. And I mean, I was surprised then, and sometimes I'm still surprised, but I really love it here. I'm, you know, set up with, you know, a lot of great help in the department. Um, and it's just fun being local because I don't live too far either. So it, you know, although it's a lot, um, I'm also five minutes away from my family as soon as practice is over. Once you take over the program, biggest challenge, just, okay, it's mine. Uh, I'm sure you, you knew how the sausage was made at this point, but I think it's another thing when you're in the pilot's chair and it all kind of flows through you. What were, what's that the biggest challenge that first year when you're transitioning to being a head coach? It was transitioning from an assistant to a head coach for sure. Um, we had the same players. We had great relationships, um, but there were some, I'd say small hiccups that year where it was just like, I guess it's just growing pains from a new role and being, you know, a little bit more in charge of them than I was the previous year, you know, like I had to switch gears a little bit and, you know, take on a more of the bad cop role than I was the good cop as an assistant. So, you know, at times it wasn't as easy, but you know, we bounced back and did well, we did really well um, from that moment on. How long did it take you to feel completely comfortable as a head coach? Was it just kind of one season, go through everything once, get used to that bad cop role when you had to fill it? Uh, after Was it just basically kind of one year, or did it linger longer until you, you really – you know, we're able to subconsciously kind of take a deep breath and go, okay, it's my program. We're, we're good. Um, well, the very, my second year, we found much success. We made a, a, a run to our conference championship. I was co conference coach of the year, but I didn't quite feel it still at that point, even though we did, you know, bounce back from my first year, um, that probably wasn't for, if I started in 12, I'd say maybe around, I'd say it probably took a good five years for me to feel like, okay, now I got it. You know, I mean, I've always, I'll always have things to learn and ways to make us better and, you know, grow as a coach. But that was when I completely felt like, okay, now I'm, I fully transitioned from a, an assistant to a head and a, I got it now. Do you remember, was there a tangible moment where it felt like that, where you kind of realized you felt like that? 
Not necessarily. Um, I just knew what kind of year, like what seasons it started to really feel good. I feel like I actually was, I was, so my second season, I was, you know, pregnant on the sideline. And I think almost not that that helped me in my second season, but they saw me as a mother too by my fifth season. And they saw my role more so like with, as a head coach also, but like, you know, as a, as a mother and a nurturer and not just someone on the sideline yapping at them. Like, you know, like we've always tried to form connections here and um, make them feel like this is their second family. Um, So a lot of work went into stuff outside of the season and stuff outside of soccer, to be honest, you know, completely unrelated to soccer, just, you know, to build the relationships with them and the connection. And it helped with my kids. um, And then I, you know, maybe got a little bit softer as well, having a a child, but uh, yeah, they, you know, they kind of helped me feel like, all right, I got it. I have the complete, you know, package now of, you know, how I need to be the, you know, run the team, but also be able to nurture them and, and help them juggle school and help them juggle social life and help them juggle life, you know, like, and it really feels like we have it all put together now. I say that as in my 10th year, but I did feel it probably around my fifth or sixth year in. You've had a ton of success at Holy Family, but if I asked you to this point, top one or two memories, are there any that would automatically come running back and not doesn't necessarily have to be games could just be moments of practice. But when you kind of think of your coaching time with Holy family to this point at whole, what's the first thing that kind of bubbles up to the surface? A favorite memory. It's obviously that's hard every year. There's something like, you know, I can look back on last year and I, I they'll the team will tell you, like, I don't think, they could have done any wrong in my eyes. And I guess that's easier to say as you, as, as we were winning and winning some games pretty easily. But I think after being away from them for a good year, almost a year and a half, now it was about a year, right? March to February. Yeah. So like that was a long time and it was like, it was hard to keep them all connected. And, you know, like while they had to do school virtually and train on their own, like, I think, Last year is one of those years that, you know, will always be special because um, we were just happy to play when it comes down to it. And the wins and the success was just a bonus. Um, You know, there's times where we had big wins, you know, wins that we probably shouldn't have or whatever. But it's really hard to narrow down like a big favorite moment. I think so far to date, it would probably just be coming together last year and playing like every day was a smile from everyone. Like it was just everyone was there, you know, in good spirits and, you know, having fun and learning. And, you know, although it was, it was a very short season of like three and a half weeks, it felt like a full season because we were just so happy to be back. Does being able to do what you love 
basically in the backyard where you grow up, uh, does it add another level of enjoyment to it to be able to do it at home? Absolutely. Um, you know, like it's, it's the connection that I can keep with my family, like my parents and my, you know, brother and sister and extended family, like living nearby still. Um, that's, you know, part of it, the connection I am able to maintain with my friends. And then, you know, being older, I'm, I have friends whose kids are coming through the program now or wanting to come through the program because they're so old, you know, um, and it's fun to like handpick your team. And like for for a long time, like I know I like I joke around about it, but until this year, more so than last that like we were the Catholic League all stars, like I handpicked a lot of the girls from the Catholic League because I didn't really need to go real far to recruit, you know, I mean, Jersey is like loaded with so much talent um and if we were able to get them to cross the bridge and pay the bridge uh toll then they came over and helped us out too but a lot of the success from this program really has can be attributed to the girls that come out of the catholic league and or like suburban one a little bit more so than you know and then this past year we were you know we branched out a little bit though a little bit more i mean we've had girls from jamaica and Buffalo, like, you know, Long Island, but we don't really go real far for recruiting because we don't really need to. And, you know, like we're a really good fit for people who still want to play really competitively and not leave home. They just know they don't want to go away, but they still want to play. And, you know, it works out for them and it really works out for me. Favorite part of what you do. And when I say that, you know, it could be when I ask that question, people, relationships, uh, recruiting, or is there a moment of game day that just is at the top of the list? You know, if you, what do you enjoy most about the job? Um, I do really love the relationship relationships that we're able to build with these girls here. Um, you know, they leave as family, they, you know, check in on us. They, Every Saturday game, I look over and I, there's girls from 2005's team, 2009's team, you know, 2012's team. So, like, they all come back. We've, you know, built a really great culture here. Um, so, it's definitely one of my favorite points of coaching is building the relationships with them and helping provide a great experience for them that I was able to experience at Kutztown from my coach um, there. And, but, you know, there's also like that game day feeling that I'm 10 years in and, you know, every game day I'm nervous or, you know, like that just doesn't go away. You know, like it's not, it's still part of my, like in my blood to like want to win every single game and, you know, be prepared for myself and for the team. Um, it's just nothing quite like the game day feeling. And when you're playing again, I guess, especially after we didn't have the 2020 season, you know, it actually felt extremely great this year. Is there anything you've had so much success at Holy family, but is there anything on the, are there things on the to-do list for the program that are still unchecked that are still big time goals for you? Since taking over as head coach, we've been to the conference championship three times, I believe, three times. 
and came up short all three times. So I would say that's definitely one of my goals. Um, and, you know, to get back to the NCAA tournament, which was a lot of fun too. Like, that's just like a different type of playing and tournament that you're, it's hard to describe. Like it's for most, it's the top, the top of their game. Like they're not going to go pro. They're not going to, you know, see anything better than being in the NCAA tournament, even though it's division two, like it's, you know, you're, you feel special, you know, that you're one of the top teams in the country and there's just, there's no quite feeling like that either. So conference championship and also, you know, the NCAA tournament trip, a trip to the NCAA tournament is on my uh, agenda. Jill Reeves, thanks so much for taking the time. This was fun. Thanks for having me and talking to me. I appreciate it. That will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Jill Reeves, head women's soccer coach at Division II Holy Family University for being our guest this week. Now, if you like this show, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can do us a big favor by leaving us a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at one-on-one-pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at MattLeon1060. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back again next week with another conversation with someone you should know more about.